Hey, thanks for joining us at Connection Point Church. You know, we would love for you to stay connected and a simple way for you to do that is to subscribe so that each week you can get notified when new content goes live. We'd also love to keep in touch with you throughout the week and the best way to do this is through our Connection Point Facebook page. Now with all that being said, let's go to this week's message with our lead pastor, Zach Maddox. A couple of weeks ago, one of the, the members of our congregation went home to be with the Lord and as I was praying about uh, what to share at her celebration of life service, the Lord dropped in my heart this, this understanding that for every exit we have in life, there's an entrance. That all of our lives, we have to give up things in order to get things. We have exits in order to walk through new entrances. For example, many of us gave up our family homes in order to go off to college. It's the experience for many. I gave up my family home on Linden Lane in Mount Prospect, Illinois, in order to go off to college in Lakeland, Florida. A lot of us have given up living in certain locations in order to live in new locations. Uh, that could just be a, a home, it could be a new city, it could be a new state, or, or even a new country. We have to give up being single in order to get married. We have to give up sleep to have kids. <laughs> but truly, all the way through life, uh, we actually die a thousand deaths. We do. Now, maybe another way to put this is that we often have to experience loss in order to experience new gains. And although this is a natural part of life, our culture typically interprets loss negatively as something that interrupts our normal lives. And for sure, loss can be painful. So we oftentimes numb our pain through denial, blaming, rationalizations, addictions, and avoidance. Those are kind of our human responses. We search for shortcuts around our losses and demand that others take away our pain. And what we'll find today as we talk about embracing loss as followers of Jesus is that we have a choice regarding loss in life. Our losses or many deaths, they can be terminal, crushing our spirit in our very lives, or they can open up new possibilities and increasing transformation, helping us become more and more like Jesus. It's one of those two things. So the questions we need to ask ourselves this morning is, is as we die a thousand deaths throughout our lives, will we be wounded and crushed or will we experience resurrection? Who do you think we are in Christ? Resurrection, right? And so then it's a choice for us this morning. Which one are we going to live in? Those are the options before us as we get into our message, Grow Your Soul. So if you have your Bibles, hey, I hope you do. Uh, we always want you to have God's Word with you, partly because we want you to get God's Word every day. If you're new to Connection Point Church or, or maybe you left your Bible at home today, uh, you can find a Bible underneath the chair in front of you. Borrow that as we read Scripture today. I also like to mention you can always find the notes for our messages on an app called YouVersion. If you're, if you're new to that, I encourage you to download that to your phones. Another great way to have a Bible at all times. Uh, but in version, if you go to events and you kind of search for something nearby, you'll find an event for this service. And all of our notes are listed there. It's a great resource for you to, to be able to keep up. Uh, I have tried to. Shelly has tried to help me to not talk so fast. But that's not to say I don't still do it sometimes. So it's a great place to go for that. I'm going to invite you to stand for the reading of God's Word. We're going to be in the New Testament book of John this morning. John chapter 12 is, is where we're going to land, starting in verse 24. 
It's the New Testament book of John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. So find that, John chapter 12. We're going to take a look at verse 24 through 26 this morning. So just a few verses today. And it's Jesus speaking here. If you've got a red letter Bible, then those are in red today because it's Jesus talking here. I've said it before, but I'll say it again. You know, sometimes I hear people say, well, if God would just talk to me, here you go. Red words. Jesus is talking. God's talking to us this morning. And what does he have to say in verse 24? Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternity. If anyone serves me, he must follow me, and where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. These are the very words of God. You may be seated this morning. So last January, so January of 2021, uh, Shelly and I were on a a Zoom call with our our friends, uh, Dick and Jennifer Brogdon. Uh, we had moved, uh, sold our house, moved into a townhome, and, and lived a lot closer to neighbors. And so we were talking with them because they live in Saudi and had been doing a great job of reaching their neighbors. And so the course of the conversation was, how do we reach our neighbors well? I mean, we've done some of those things, but just wanted to hear from them as well. And, and at the end of the conversation, then uh, Dick asks us, hey, uh, we actually wanted to know if you guys would pray about returning to the mission field. And I realized I need to pause here because although that's not news for most of us in this room, it might be news for you today. So in case you were unaware, Shelly and I will have our, our last Sunday here as lead pastors next week. Um, but I also want you to know, if you're new, especially if you're new today, you are in one of the best churches in all of Indiana. And I'm going to talk more about that next week. So if God led you here today, that's not a mistake. That is very much on purpose, and you need to be a part of this body because it is full of incredible people. The church is not a building. The church is not an event. The church is people. And this room is full of great people, and we've got great people that are still online with us that are waiting to, to join us as well. So if you're, you're new to Connection Point Church, don't let what I'm going to share today uh, cause you concern. Instead, I want to encourage you, dive into this body. You will find no better place to worship with others in the name of Jesus. So last January, as Dick asked us to pray about um, going back to the mission field, we said we would. You know, most of the time when people ask us to pray about things, we say yes. Uh, if I'm honest, sometimes I say no. <laughs> Um, but then the Lord works on my heart and resolves those issues too. Um, but he asked us to pray about returning. And so then we said we would. So in January, I was praying. And where I found myself was, God, I guess I'll pray about this, but there's no way that this can be from you. There's just no way. Why in the world would we have ever left the mission field? Because that's where we came from. If you were going to then send us back, it just made no sense. So I started there. But then by February, as God started doing some things in our life and speaking to our hearts, Uh, To be honest, I got angry. I got angry because I said, God, why did you bring us here if you were only going to send us back to to the Arab world? I got angry because we've made some wonderful friends here, and we don't like to leave people. And so I got very angry. And then by by April, as uh, it was, no, so January, February, March, March, then I started saying, well, I was bargaining. Well, maybe, because I know this is what you want to do, God, maybe we could spend the summers overseas and but spend the rest of our time here so I'm I'm bargaining with God and now let me say I didn't recognize that's what I was doing I didn't recognize any of that that I was doing but then by by April I came into my office on a Saturday and uh I just broke down I just wept 
And I sat down, I'm like, what is going on? And it was then the Holy Spirit began to say, in case you were unaware, me as your counselor, I'm leading you through a process. Now look, I've taken classes on pastoral care and counseling. I know about the stages of grief. Very different when you're walking through them on your own. So that's what I found. I realized the the Holy Spirit, and in case you were unaware, the Holy Spirit is an incredible counselor. He is the best counselor. I also want to say that in the context of we are all for counseling at Connection Point Church. So all of those things are wonderful expressions, but let me say this. May we always have ears to hear what the Spirit is doing in our hearts. Because if we allow him to, he can counsel us in incredible ways. And so as I sat on my my office couch in in April, asking, what is he doing? Then he basically brought me back to understand, well, okay, so you've gone through denial, anger, bargaining, and now you sit in depression. So the good news is what's next is acceptance. That's what the stages of grief are for. And I mentioned that in the context of the message today, because the Holy Spirit, if we allow him, he allows us to work through loss in healthy ways. That's what he wants to do. Because unfortunately, in this life that we live in, the culture in which we reside, sometimes we're not granted opportunities to deal with loss well. And so what I wanted to do this morning, what Shelly and I wanted to do as we, we talked about these weeks, is just what does it look like to embrace loss as followers of Jesus? It's a natural part of life, and it's an important part of transitions. And so what I want to share with you today is, is you consider loss in your own life, because we all experience loss. It's just a part of this life that we live, is that we can come to the point where we can say, even though this hurts and this is hard, we can be confident that in Christ, we'll be okay. We'll be okay. And in fact, I want to put this before you. In Christ, not only can we be okay, we can actually become better because of how loss bears fruit in our life. Just what our passage said this morning. So let me say, life in the kingdom is counterintuitive. It doesn't make sense in the culture in which we live, but if we follow it, God does incredible things. So it's really important that we embrace loss in life. Why? Because otherwise we become less and less human. In fact, we must embrace loss or else we lose our humanity. That's what we know. The result of denying or minimizing our losses over many years is that we become empty Christian shells with painted smiley faces. In other words, we wind up wearing masks. And a dull, low-level depression descends on us, making us nearly responsive to all reality. And while it may look harmless from the outside, numbing is not a healthy way of dealing with loss or grief because we cannot successfully numb emotion. If we take off the edge of pain and discomfort, we are by default taking the edge off of joy, love, belonging, and other emotions that bring meaning to our lives. That's what happens. Instead of developing empathy, a skill of understanding emotions, we live in apathy where we lack all enthusiasm for life. That's the result. Have you ever met someone that you know is wearing a mask? I have, and I've worn masks. It's kind of a natural part of life until we learn to live differently. And here's the problem. We cannot become who Christ intends us to be. We cannot live fully in our God-given identities if we're living behind a mask. We've spent so much time talking about who we are in Christ, but we can't live in that if we're living behind a mask. So instead, by turning toward the pain, we have to live our lives 
that are even created by loss. And, and I understand, like I said, it's counterintuitive, but let's face it, the heart of Christianity is that the way to life is through death. The pathway of resurrection is through crucifixion. Like that's the central theme to the Christian message. Jerry Sitter, in his book, A Grace Disguised, he talks about how he dealt with a loss. He lost his, his mother, his wife, and his young daughter in a car accident. And he talked about what he learned. And here's what he said. I love this metaphor. He learned the quickest way to reach the light of day was not to run west chasing after the sun, but to head east into the darkness until he would finally reach the next sunrise. That's the path we've got to take. We are born with defense mechanisms to help us initially deal with pain as a child, but we also must mature as we grow to more honestly look at what's going on in our lives. Here's a few common defense mechanisms. I want to mention these in case, so that you can recognize, is this where I'm living or am I progressing elsewhere? So a few of those is, is denial or selective forgetting, that we refuse to acknowledge something as painful or difficult that's happened to us. Another one is minimizing, that we might admit something's wrong, but in a way that makes it less serious than it really is. Sometimes we blame others. We, we deny responsibility for our own behavior and project our issues on others. I've said many times that pain that's not transformed, it gets transferred. If we're not blaming others, we might be blaming ourselves, that, that we take on the fault even if the hurt has been something done to us. Rationalizing, that we offer excuses and justifications to provide an accurate explanations for what's going on. We rationalize things. Distractions, that we change the subject or engage in humor to avoid threatening topics. Or we become hostile. We get angry or irritable when certain things are brought up. So these are all ways that we unhealthily handle loss and grief. But none of these defense mechanisms help us process loss in our life in a God-given way. It doesn't. Instead, what we have to learn to do is lean into loss, head east through the darkness, in order to experience sunrise in our soul. That's what we need to do. And this is important because embracing loss causes us, if we don't embrace it, we lose our humanity. But here's the good news this morning. We can embrace loss through healthy grieving. This is important. We can embrace it through healthy grieving. It's important to note that there's a big difference between processing grief and diffusing negative feelings. Those are two different things. Diffusing takes your mind off the negative emotions, while processing allows time for us to deal with the negative emotions. And I want to say this. Sometimes it's okay to diffuse because processing might not be appropriate at that time and space. But it's critical that when there is time, we allow ourselves to process. So how do we process grief well? Well, there's a figure in Scripture who actually shows us how to deal with loss in healthy ways. His name is Job. If you don't know his story, it's one of tremendous loss. Job was the Elon Musk of his day. His wealth was staggering. Job was very godly, faithfully walking with God, delighting and obeying God with all of his heart. But then suddenly all the forces of heaven and earth came against Job. Lightning struck, a tornado came. By the end of the afternoon, the unthinkable had happened. The world's richest man had been reduced to poverty and his 10 children killed in a terrible natural disaster. And amazingly, Job neither sinned nor blamed God. He responded beautifully. He worshiped. He worshiped. Job models brilliantly for us how we're to grieve and deal with loss in the family of God. Regardless of how our natural families do it, how our culture handles it, 
or how our temperament might want to deal with it. Job models five different phases. This is what he does of how we healthily grieve as followers of Jesus. The first thing we've got to do is we've got to pay attention. That's what I needed to do in April, sitting on my couch. I had to ask, what is going on? Because I hadn't been paying attention. I shared years ago that when we ask someone how they're doing, rarely do we expect people to say an honest answer, right? Like that's just how we say hello to people in our culture. How are you doing? But I will say this. I mentioned that very early on in our time here. And thankfully, now when I ask somebody how they're doing, they're honest. Can you believe it? And that's a really, really good thing. That's a good sign of healthy community. We need to be honest. And what, the job, what does Job do? He doesn't hold anything back. Here's his, his honest proclamation. If my misery could be weighed and my troubles be put on the scales, they would outweigh all the sands of the sea. For the Almighty has struck me down with his arrows. Their poison infects my spirit. God's terrors are lined up against me. So Job, what does he do? He's honest and he prays wild prayers. I don't know why we feel like we can't do that with God. Do we think God doesn't know what's going on in our lives? Like, why don't we just pour it out to him? The book of Psalms, have you read it? God, you are my fortress. I am miserable. But God, I still trust you. Like, that's the Psalms. That's it. The book of Lamentations, like all through scripture is honesty. We've got to pay attention and be honest before the Lord. For 35 chapters, we read how Job struggles with God. He doubted, he wept, he wondered where God was and why all of this had happened to him. He didn't avoid the difficulty of his predicament, but he confronted it. He was honest about it. When we don't process before God the very feelings that make us human, such as fear or sadness or anger, we leak. If we're not honest with our feelings, we leak. Our kids know it. Our spouse knows it. Your friends know it. Your family know it. What happens is this shows up as passive-aggressive behavior, like showing up later or sitting on the laptop during meetings. Sarcastic remarks, a nasty tone of voice, giving people the silent treatment are all sorts of other ways that we can express unresolved issues in our life. So if these types of behaviors are showing up in your life, I say pay attention. If you know that's where you're at, pay attention. And just ask the Holy Spirit, our wonderful counselor, what's going on. And he'll show us. He will. To process loss healthily, we first need to pay attention. The second thing that we need to do is we need to then actively wait in the confusing in-between time. We actively wait. And, and just so you're aware, I'm pulling this from, for those that have walked through Peter Scazzaro's Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, he's got a great chapter on enlarging your soul through grief. And so he points out some of these things from Job's life. Waiting on God can be one of the hardest things to do as followers of Jesus. I don't know about you, I don't like waiting. I don't like, I actually was thinking about, uh, Shelly and I were, were going on a retreat in Mombasa, Kenya. And we got on, we had Nate, was Nate two? I think he was two. Nate was two, and he was a cute two. <laughs> Sorry, Nate, I, I, I don't mean to embarrass you. <laughs> but Nate is wired a little bit like me. Why would you want to sit down? There's just, you know, there's no fun in that. Well, we wind up on a bus and then a ferry. How long were we sitting? Hours. And it was hot. I don't like waiting. We waited. 
God builds character, right? I'm just saying, there's a reason we don't like waiting. We like control, right? We like to control things. But we find that Job waited for a long time for his answer from God. But I also want to say this. I don't just encourage people to wait, but actively wait. Maybe that's part of my own personality. And, but here's what I mean by actively wait. Spend more time with Jesus. Spend time with him. Pray. Read scripture. Sing. Fast. Participate in worship services like this. Serve others through the local church and in our community. Give selflessly. Go on a spiritual retreat. Anything that puts you into a place of guaranteed encounter with God. That's a great way to wait in the confusing in-between time. Do that. Basically, enjoy Jesus in the confusing in-between time. I'm convinced it's the best way to spend your time in the way that you eventually find an answer. It's what he does. Part of following Jesus is leaving room for the mystery of how he works. The confusing in-between time, what does it do? It blows up our earthly categories for how we get things done, and it gets rid of quick solutions for answers in life. It runs contrary to Western culture in this way. So we grieve in healthy ways by paying attention, first thing, and number two is, is waiting, actively waiting in the confusing in-between time. And the third thing we do is we embrace the gift of our limits. Embrace the gift of our limits. The greatest loss we might have to grieve in our American life is we have limits. That's hard for us. Great as Job was, he was not God. He had to embrace his limits. Our physical body has limits. We can't stop the aging process. Our family of origin provides us with limits. Our marital and family status, our, our intellectual capacity, talents and gifts, material wealth, time, work opportunities and spiritual understanding, they all come with limits. And I think we don't like that sometimes. And let's face it, our, our egos can easily become so inflated we can act as if we're God. And that's reinforced in our culture. We may have larger dreams and wishes for ourselves than our real lives can support. So as a result, we work frantically trying to do more than God ever intended. And so then we burn out thinking we can do more than we can. So for us to deal with loss effectively, we must learn to embrace the gift of our God-given limits. And then the fourth thing we can do is climb the ladder of humility. Job emerged from his suffering, transformed. He was changed. He was, he was broken in a changed man. St. Benedict in the 6th century, he developed a ladder for growing in the grace of humility. And here's what it is. I would encourage you, think about where you might be at on this today. Because here's what happens as it relates to grief and loss. As we pay attention, as we actively wait in the confusing in between time, what happens, we start to um, embrace and, and appreciate our limits. But then the other thing that happens is this. This happens in our heart and soul. A fear of God and mindfulness of him grows. You're more mindful of God in your life. And then you, as you continue to, to climb that ladder, you, you start to want to do God's will more than just your own will. And as you keep growing, as God continues to transform your life through loss and, and grief, as he grows your soul, here's what's happening. You're willing to subject yourselves to the direction of others. And here's why. Because you recognize it's God on the throne. That no matter what direction you're given to follow, in the end, it's, it's coming from him on some level. And so then you can follow that with a little bit more humility. Second thing you find is you're patient to accept the difficulties of others. You keep going and you find that you have radical honesty with others about your own weaknesses and faults. You, you're okay with that. And then you get to the place where you become deeply aware, like Paul, that you've got a lot of things where you fall short. 
You're the chief of all sinners. And then you become purposeful to speak less because you recognize if God wants you to share something, he'll give it to you. And then where you end up is you're transformed into the love of God. That you're just an incredibly loving person. So I share this to say as, as the Lord, what does he do? He grows your soul in this ways. And that's what this message is all about. God grows our soul through loss and grief in these ways. So as we pay attention and actively wait in the confusing in between time, we learn to embrace our limits and climb the ladder of humility, which then leads us to a final phase of dealing with loss in healthy ways by doing what? Letting the old birth anew. That we exit into a new entrance. That we die so that fruit bearing can occur. We die so that resurrection can happen in our souls. That's what happens. That's the last stage. So it's important for us to understand this morning that we can embrace loss through healthy grieving. And when we embrace loss, what happens? Resurrection. Resurrection. That's why we don't ever need to fear loss, because we understand it's through loss, resurrection happens. Now, I do want to be careful here to not just reframe a loss into a gain, because that can lead some to shame or withdrawal or anger. But at the same time, it's true that loss in the kingdom of God is usually gain. That's just the way it is. That when seeds are planted and die, growth and fruit occur. That's what it is in the kingdom. When we let the old birth anew in God's time, we're blessed. That's just the nature of the kingdom of God. It's ultimately the lesson of Job. As he followed the difficult path of allowing his losses to grow his soul, God blessed him super abundantly. Not only was he spiritually transformed, but here's what we find. The Lord made him prosperous again and gave him twice as much as he had before. The Lord blessed the latter part of Job's life more than the first. So this account of Job, if you read through it, it's meant to encourage us to trust the living God with the many, many deaths that we experience in our life. The central message of Christ is that suffering and death bring resurrection and transformation. It's Jesus who said, the words that we read this morning, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. But I want to say, let us not forget, resurrection only comes out of death. Real death. Our losses are real, but so is our God, and so is our resurrected Savior. And there are many rich fruits that blossom in our lives as a result of embracing our losses. And the greatest is our relationship with God. That we move from a give me, give me, give me prayer life to an intimate loving prayer life that's characterized by a loving relationship with God. It changes us. When we grieve God's way, we are changed forever. So I want to ask this morning, and, and Shelly's going to come and, and wrap us up today. Have you paid attention to pain in your life? Have you simply diffused negative feelings or, or have you taken time to process your grief? This matters because pain that's not transformed by God, this is such an important principle. If you don't allow the Lord to transform your pain, you're gonna transfer it to others. You're gonna leak and that's not God's intention. So take time this week to pay attention and actively wait with the Lord. Allow him to work in your heart and to grow your soul. Shelly, do you want to come and close us out? So to be sure, um, we're definitely going through a lot of emotion, um, a lot of processing. And so we felt like um, the Lord was definitely saying, we need to do that together as a body. 
And so it's easy for you to maybe feel like, you know, you can be sad, but you're going to get over it because you're going to move on to Morocco. And we want to guard against processing something by focusing on what's to come. Mm -hmm. And I want to encourage you that you're not just going to stay here. It, that's not how this works. Um, you're the body of Christ, and you're going to continue to grow and, and change and be shaped by whatever God has in mind for Connection Point Church. And that's honestly, that's the sadness for us, is that we know what's happening now, but God has already given us a great hope of what is to come mm -hmm. for this body. Mm -hmm. And so then we have to be able to say, that's just not, it's not ours to have, not like this. We have to let that go. But it's yours to enjoy. It's your future to enjoy. But we want you to be ready. We want you to be whole. We want you to be healthy. And so even though there can be sadness, it's good to be able to sit in the sadness and call it what it is. Instead of saying, I just can't go there. I can't do that. I'm just going to ignore it. Because with the Lord and with the Holy Spirit, he just doesn't ignore things in our lives. Have you noticed that? All of us have been on a journey, and God has led us here to this place. And he wants to bring us together to be a healthy body of Christ, to be an example, to be a light. And so I'm going to go through a couple of questions that I want you to ask yourself, and it really is just going to pertain to us right here as the body of Christ at Connection Point Church. So we are transitioning from Connection Point, and that might make you sad. And I want to say, yay, <laughs> I feel that. I, we love you, and we have enjoyed our time with you, and I know that's not over. It'll be different, but it isn't over. And so we can sit in that sadness and call it what it is, and we can say, thank you, God, for what you've done in six years. Thank you for how you have grown our souls, both in victories and in loss. It's all of it. But you allow God to help you in those moments. But this church, it's a lot more than just six years with Zach and Shelley. You may have experienced grief and loss when Pastor Ted and Sue retired. And that there may be things in your heart and in your mind that have kept you from maybe stepping into a fuller life of Christ in our time here. And we won't know that really. It's between you and the Lord. But it goes back even further than that. Some of you were here under the ministry of Pastor Don Austin. Maybe there's some grief and loss in what you thought was going to happen through that era. And then all the way back to Pastor Bill McKee. Whatever the journey looks like, it's important that we all pause and say, as a person, a part of Connection Point Church, do I have grief and loss that I'm just not willing to look at? I'm not willing to address. And that's what we want to talk about. We want God to have an, an open door to all of those places. And I don't know how much Candace knew about this message, but when she shared during worship, 
that, you know, there can be places in your heart and in your mind and in your soul where you're just like, nope, I'm not going to go there. No one can go there. We all have those places because you're human. And so for Zach and I, we just really have felt like God has ministered to us in a special way to help us process in healthy ways. And so we want to challenge you to do the same. So beyond just pastoral transitions, some of you have come to this body from another faith family. How did that go? How is it going now? How is your soul? Have you grieved some of the losses that come from leaving one body of Christ into another? The Lord wants to meet you there. The Lord wants you to be able to call the sad things sad, the tough things tough. He wants to meet you in those places. And then even just in your regular lives, the things that I'm not naming, family problems, family loss, work, you name it. You know what's in there. You know what's in the vault. And the Lord wants to minister to us because he has a future for us. We're not going to heaven today. I wish we were, but we're not. And so in that in-between time, the Lord wants to continually minister to us to keep us healthy and whole. And that's where our testimony comes from. That's where your story comes from. And that's where you get to make a connection with somebody else. Nobody can make a connection with a false self, with a mask. And if we're all honest with ourselves, you don't like that. It's false. You want real. You want genuine. You want to be a part of a faith family who can call the tough things tough, who can call the sad things sad, and who can say, but God is with us in this. And God is meeting us in these places and spaces. And that's how we grow together and knit together to become who God wants us to be. And when someone new comes in, they get to grow with you. Does that make sense? A new pastor will come to this church and I'm happy and I'm sad. But I want this new pastor to see what we see, healthy, whole, vibrant, ready, to be a light, to be sad. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to voice your sadness. But it's also great to say, but God has big things in store. This body is not an accident. There's a new beginning all the time in what God wants to do through this body. And so we just want to encourage you to press into all of the things that the Lord might be stirring through this message. Not just about the transition, that's only a part of it. But to truly say, God, speak to our hearts in this space. This transition, it just serves as an open door to talk about some of the things that we don't want to talk about that we'd like to just leave in the way back that nobody mentions. But that's just not a good God. A good God wants to go there, wants to lead us, wants to minister to us, and ultimately, be God. He wants to show up and be God in our lives and in the tough places and spaces. So Zach's talked to us about reconciliation. He's talked to us about 
just biblical teaching on how God wants us to live our lives in, in the kingdom of God and being a Christ culture. And it's not what you're going to find outside of these walls. I wish it was, but it's not. And so how can we be different? How can we honor God with our lives, with our efforts, with our thoughts, and with our vulnerabilities? So I just want to encourage you guys with this. You're not supposed to do this on your own. We're not asking you to go to the hardest, deepest issues in your life alone and just process that like, you know, we can kind of process your checkbook or something. It's not that at all. And there's an old song that I grew up singing, and it was called Holy Ground. And we would say, you're standing on holy ground, and when the Lord is present, where he is is holy. And so I want to encourage you that what we're talking about is not self-help. This isn't you do you, you take care of you, you take care of your issues. You're not going to hear us say that. We want you to go into that sacred space where you invite God in, and that space becomes holy, wherever it is, in your home, in your bedroom, wherever it is, in your car, wherever you can truly be vulnerable. And in that space, God leads you through the place of processing the hard things in your life. If it's so hard, you know you can't be that vulnerable alone, then you need to pray and ask God to show you a trusted friend, a trusted believer who can journey with you in a very non-judgmental way. Those people exist. You need to find them. Okay? I have a list. <laughs> it's amazing to journey with people in a way where God meets with you and God does this healing work inside of you. And I encourage you to go there even though it can be difficult, but there's a miracle on the other side of that that's so beautiful. And it doesn't mean that sadness just goes away completely. Like that's God. God has the sea of forgetfulness. God forgets things as far as the east is from the west. We still remember because that's how we know God is good and that God is faithful. That's when we say that memory hurts, but God did this and that through it. And so I may cry, like Friday I saw a picture of Haley and it was the same day that, that later that night Haley had a seizure and we had no idea what to do in that moment. But I have a picture of us being at the aquarium that day. And every time I see that picture, uh, instantly I'm just emotional. I hate, I hate that whole moment. But God met us in such a special way during that time. He did miracle after miracle. And the fact that she didn't have other issues beyond that whole season, it's a miracle. And we can look back at that and say how God was good. But I still feel the sadness when I see the picture of the aquarium, right? It's not the happy moment. It's a sadness because it was a moment. And so you're going to have that. But I want you to also be able to have the story of how God met you there and how God brought you through. So we just want to take some time to just process that this moment. If you will, just bow your heads and close your eyes. I'll pray. Lord, we just want you to have your way. Yes. Jesus. We are your children. You are a good God. You are a loving father. You're not to be compared with our earthly fathers. Mm -hmm. 
You are our heavenly Father. You know us. You knit us together in our mother's womb. You want good for us, God. And you have an eternity for us in heaven. But right now, help us, God. Help us to look to you. Help us to trust you with the things that's going on inside of us, the dialogue that's running in the background that stirs up emotion, that stirs up confusion and chaos, that can lead us through anger or depression. Lord, take us to and through the journey of trusting you with wholeness and healing. Help us to call sad things sad. Help us call the tough things tough but give us eyes to see your hand in it all and help us to be able to say, God is good, God is faithful, God is with us. Mm -hmm. And he gives us a hope, he gives us faith, and he gives us a future. And so Lord, in this space, help us to cling to you during some of this in-between, maybe this confusing waiting or this in-between, help us to trust you and press into you, God. To say you have a future, you give us a hope, and help us to look with that, Lord Jesus. We thank you for it, Lord. Mm. Thank you for being mm. on the journey with us and never leaving us alone. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen, amen.